Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight Talk from Israel. Are you starting? Welcome to Returning Home. This is Natalie Sapinski. We had a few little technical difficulties, but here we are live on the air. I'm speaking to you from my home at Susia in the southern Hebron Hills. It is the end of January, January 22nd, I think. Unbelievable how quickly the time flies. It was just the new year, and here we are at the end of the month. We have a guest today, a new Ole, who lives in Haifa, of all places. Our first guest, who lives in Haifa. He is from Montreal and moved to Israel with his family this past summer. And his name is Jason Lipstein. He has a really great Aliyah story, another love story, married an Israeli. He's going to tell us all about it and how he's been managing here so far. Um, Jason, you there? Yep. Hi. Wonderful. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Great. <laughs> um, all right. So speak speak closer to your microphone so we hear you loud and clear. You're our first guest from Haifa. I didn't say much else. I didn't say your age or how you got over here besides your love with your wife, how you met her. Why don't you just kind of get us a little bit of background? And um, I, I do want to hear what life is like in Haifa. You're, you're the first guest we've ever had who lives there. I, I don't know much about that city. It's one of the largest cities in Israel. But um, take us back a little bit. What what happened? You were in Montreal, living your life, and what happened? Okay, so um, I grew up basically in a very traditional kind of a home. Um, my parents were not really all that religious. And uh, basically, uh, when I was in my early 20s, um, well, actually, before that, I was I was in Jewish school till about grade four. And then I had to leave because my Hebrew wasn't up to par. Um, so I was in public school ever since. Uh, and then when I was in my early 20s, um, my <clears throat> my mom sits me down. She says, Jason, I'm sending you to Israel on birthright. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I ain't going to Israel. I'm not going to Israel. No, thanks. No way. I don't even want to. I don't even want to step foot on a plane because I haven't been on, even on a plane since I was like two years old, you know. Um, so she's like, yeah, no, no, no. We're sending you to Israel. So basically, uh I was off to Israel and I was in Israel for 10 days or so. Uh, as long as the birthright trip was, I got very sick. I, uh, I was like throwing up on the bus. So I, I, I got the flu, I had a doctor come see me. But, uh, but while I was here, I had a lot of thoughts about Israel and, and uh, my religious views started to uh, broaden, I guess you could say. Um, um, I was writing political views on the bus, showing it to people. And people and thought the, I was the, crazy. Yeah, during the birthright trip, right? Yeah, during my birthright trip, I was like writing essays, trying to solve the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. <laughs> and people thought I was nuts. Like, oh, you know, Yitzhak Rabin wouldn't accept this or whatever, you know, whatever they were telling me. I don't even remember what I was writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, I came back to Montreal. And it was still like very inspiring, you know. Um, and I didn't get, I didn't let it go so fast. But I had a, I had a pretty uh, trouble ish, troubling issue with respect to um, Jewish suffering. And for whatever reason, I put it in my own head 
that we killed our Messiah. I don't know why I was thinking that, but maybe that was the truth. And I started to naturally be drawn to Christianity. And then, and then ironically, when I was starting McGill um, Music Education, there was a guy there named Larry, and he just happened to be a missionary that was also in my class. Oh, and so great. I was, yeah, I was basically putting in his hands. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was yeah, this so, is very unusual because it was after birthright. Like that should not have happened. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, basically, the Bible came out on the table in the cafeteria every day, and he was opening it up, showing me things out of context, like Isaiah fifty three and all these crazy things, and and we were going back and forth, and I wasn't really totally into it, but at the same time, I was sort of into it a little bit, and we we're like back and forth, and then he got two other students involved, as well as a professor. So I had four missionaries working on me. And um, and I came to a point where I was trying to convert my choir members at uh, at my local synagogue, yeah. uh, my family, yeah. uh, my best friend uh, Mike. Uh, like uh, oh, on my yeah. birthday, he he threw like a fake Bible at me in front of all my friends. It was just it was really like harrowing experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're, at the time, you so let's just I want a little bit of context here. What year? Did you take that birthright trip? What year was that? Roughly sometime in my early 20s. No, no, no. What year? Uh, oh, 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 my gosh. Uh, you're looking tw- a little over 20 years ago. I'm 45 oh, now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like 22, 23. It was 2004, 2003, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little, yeah. Um, uh, all right, I'm just trying to think what kind of Israel did you come to at those 10 days? Now, 10 days in Israel doesn't really have like a life-changing effect on everyone, but that is the goal of Birthright. It is to connect you to Israel. Yeah, no, for sure it was. I mean, I was totally connected to Israel. I just I just, I just, just went off the derech mm-hmm. in my own sort of way because I didn't grow up with like a really strong Jewish education. Like my education stopped at grade four. And it's not mm-hmm. like I went to yeshiva, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom, she came to the point where she was like, if you don't talk to Rabbi Skoback of Jews for Judaism, I'm kicking you out of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're at McGill, paying your tuition and whatnot, it was like, okay, you know, I had no choice. So you were so, 20 years old and you were turning into this um, Jews for Jesus type of guy. And your mom is probably a traditional Jewish woman. And she right. she sent you to to Israel on birthright to to get more Jewish, and you came back uh, going the wrong way, right? Yeah, she wanted me to be a little more uh, you know Zionistic, I guess, because she, yeah, she was here in Israel as well during like the '67 uh, war, where she helped clean up the uh, the hospital there. I mean, uh, so for her, I mean, it was it was a big deal. Um, and basically, like she's like talked to Rabbi Skoback, or I'm kicking you out of the house. Like she couldn't deal with it, you know. And I was I was driving everybody mad. And I spoke to Rabbi Skoback, and literally in five minutes, the, he destroyed all their arguments, and it was just, I was like a Jew again. But mm. this time, I was, like, religious. And mm. so that my mother, that my mother couldn't stand. <laughs> this is the one thing to be traditional, is another thing to be, like, super, right. 
you know. And so now too Jewish, on, too Jewish. Now I'm too Jewish, right? So I, like, I remember doing the laundry for her constantly, and I was like trying to change the dishes, and I was trying to keep Shabbat, and I'm wearing a kippah, and I'm putting on tzitzit for the first time, and she's like looking at this, like, what the heck are you wearing? The, wearing shoelaces by your waist, <laughs> and like you know, constantly like it was just, it was a battle. I was going through yeah. a battle, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. so. Okay. All right. So that? so fast forward. Yeah. To. You know, you're, you're here now. It, 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 it wasn't. It, it didn't just jump from one thing to another. You you met someone, right? Right. So okay. So um, yeah. So I'm I've, after my birthright trip. I went back to Israel in 2006. Uh, I did like a yeshiva for like a summer, and then after that, um, my wife later on. Okay, what happened basically in a nutshell is that I was at work, and um, I I kept watching these ads of this red bearded rabbi popping up and it kept bothering me and I didn't know what it was about. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> I got this other call from another rabbi saying, I need you to come play music because I'm a musician. I need you to come play music for a tuba av party. All right. At- so Jason, I heard the whole story. I'm just going to tell right. you what happened here. I asked Jason how he ends up in Israel, how he met his wife. And he said, Oh, it's a long, long story. And he actually sent me the whole story, recorded the whole story, 20 minutes long, very romantic yeah, story. But you can cut it down, Jason. You ended up at the same. You you saw her once. You flirted a little. You didn't see her for six months, and then you both ended up at the same Torah class, basically. Because right. Because you had a canceled. Uh, it just so happened. It was a coincidence. You both ended yes. up at the same class, and there you go. That was it. It's very. That was very- it. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, she was she lived here for ten years, and then she basically brought me back here, in a nutshell. Um, well, she so, so she was an she is an Israeli woman. Yeah, she was born in Canada. Her parents uh, got divorced, and then her mom came here to live with uh, her her uh, stepdad, and they they brought her over when she was fourteen. So when she was fourteen, she lived here for ten years, and then she wanted to go back to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we basically met. We met back in Canada, and then basically I was like, okay, you know, let's. I I I kept driving her crazy because there was a couple of years or so that I was like, no, I don't want to go back to Israel. I don't want to move there so fast, you know, because it was hard for me to leave my own family, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how that's always the. Uh, so where did you where did you get married? There in Canada or here in Israel? Here we got married in Akko. Okay, very <laughs> unusual. Also yeah. up north. And yeah. why did you end up in Haifa? How did that happen? Well, just mostly because my in-laws are here. Ah, her family's there. Yeah, exactly. So they're literally across the street. So, I mean, it it does help. Like, if you're going to make Aliyah, it definitely helps if you have family here or someone to help you. You know, know, people that speak Hebrew is a big help. You know, it's just... Right, you're... you're, Yeah, you have so many issues um, taken care of for you. Yeah, phone... Like, certain things, like, you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily... realize like phone calls or 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 uh documents that you need to read and sign you know stuff like that you know so it's like important that you know you have like with my without my wife i'd be dead in the water let's just put it that way so yeah thank you yeah. sweetie yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's we have struggle and this is one of the 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 hardest parts about moving to a new place with new language you know the language the culture um struggling through it's just so funny to to hear the difference the way i speak to someone and the way my children speak to someone they're israeli they were raised here the the way we handle things the way we um figure things out the the way we approach people and problems is just so different because we are foreign and we are used to a, a different thing we don't realize how in israel 
things are just different. You can be a lot bolder. You can be a lot ruder. You can get yeah. cut to the chase. So <laughs> you can be I, rude. I to... Hey, you know, like it's so funny to hear the way my children speak to authority. I would never speak to people that way. They do. It's hilarious. It looks like yeah. we're going to have to take a quick break, Jason. Stay with us. We're going to come back. I want to hear how you've been making your way these past five months. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Perfect. Warning. Take cover. The Jewish Truth Bomb is here. The show that will explode all the false narratives and fake news. Join host Lenny Goldberg each week as he wires the news together and detonates it through biblical verses that will deliver a shockwave that will blow you away. Don't miss it. The Jewish Truth Bomb. Every Monday. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah, every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. One minute of Torah. The plagues are devastating Egypt, freedom for the Jews is coming any day now, and as hard as it may be to believe, not all the Jews want to leave Egypt. All right, says God, if you want to stay, you can stay. In order that the Egyptians not witness this embarrassing phenomenon, God had those Jews perish and be buried under the cover of the plague of darkness in our Torah portion of Bo. Nowadays, we are in exile once again. Our good deeds, kind words, and positive thoughts help redeem us from exile and hasten the redemption, which will be the final and everlasting one. In contrast to the Egyptian exodus, any Jew nowadays who is so comfortable and does not want to leave exile will still leave. No Jew will be left behind this time. Ever since we received the Torah, the Jews have entered into a different bond with God, a bond that can never be broken, regardless of what our conscious mind, speech, and actions declare. Knowing that ultimately we will all be redeemed encourages us to prepare ourselves for the moment, and even more so, to think, speak, and act in a way that hastens its arrival. With your Iron Tarman of Torah, this is Chavai Zekovich. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're continuing our talk here with Jason Lipstein, who made Aliyah five months ago with his wife from Montreal to Haifa. And he just told us he, uh, uh, those of you joining us now, Jason got a little sidetracked. Um, some missionaries went after him when he was a student at the university. He got out of that, went and spoke to a rabbi, and um, they destroyed everything that's destroyed all the arguments. I've, I've really, it's really fascinating to hear that. I, I actually remember learning about cults growing up. I never knew anybody who, who, uh, 
yeah. almost join one. It's scary, you know. Um, your mother was very smart to have you talk to the rabbi. All right, oh, yeah. let's jump forward. You you moved to Israel with your girlfriend. You got married here. So that's five months ago. Is that true? You've only been married for five months. Tell you know, oh, correct well, we, me. Oh, we've been we've been married already now thirteen years. We have three kids. We got uh-huh. we moved here. Five Wait, but where, you got married to Israel, and then you moved back. We got, yeah, oh, we wow. got, yeah, we got married, uh, yeah, thirteen years ago in Israel just to get married here, okay. and then we moved back to Canada, and then we uh-huh. stayed in Canada for a bit, and uh, eventually, like I kept telling her, yeah, 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 we'll move, we'll move, we'll move for good, and I kept driving her crazy, pulling it, like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then finally gave in. Uh, this oh yeah, what what was the life. final? What what made you finally give in? I had to make a. I had to make a. Well, look, I I I'm really close with my family back home, and it's it was tough for me to just uh, you know pick up and you know move away from them. Um, my dad's not well, but uh, at the same time, I'm kind of like thinking of the future and what's good for my kids. And uh, my son was uh, in grade six, and he's now about to go into grade seven in high school, and I had to make a choice. And I was like, okay, you know, for him in particular, and for my girls, we have to we have to start fresh. So that was that was basically the biggest uh, the biggest pull. Uh-huh. Uh, that your kids uh, getting older. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, because I know that they're gonna like you know be faced with obstacles, learning a new language, uh, new friends. Okay, that's not an issue, but you know the language, etc. You know, it gets tougher as you get older. So. Um, yeah, I just I, I I bit the bullet, jumped the. Okay. Did <laughs> bought, did, they, my tongue, so. did yeah. your kids have any? Um, did you get any pushback from them? Um, well, that's well, uh, my son. You see, that's the thing is like you know, the longer you wait, you know, they start growing a brain, <laughs> you know, and so my son, he's now, it's actually his birthday today, uh, nice. his secular What's birthday. Uh, so, uh, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're, we're doing his bar mitzvah in, a, in another week over here. Um, nice. So, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I just knew that uh, the longer we waited, I knew at some point it would come into a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a tough battle. Um, yeah, that's what happens. Battle, particularly, sure. with, particularly with him. The uh-huh. girls, whatever, they're young. They were seven. They were, you know, nine. Uh, they're seven and nine now. They were six and eight before so you know they didn't care well call a vote for you for doing it um a lot of people do what they do is they wait and they see and they live their lives and all of a sudden their kids are teenagers and they're like oh forget it i can't so you saw yeah. that approaching is, is really what you did so very good all right yeah. so uh, let me just uh tell our audience here i remember you told me you were a music teacher in in montreal your wife was some kind of office worker and over yeah. here, you're doing sales, online sales or something, and your wife is also an office worker with an accounting company, something like that, yes? Exactly, yeah. So my wife is doing the, is helping out an accountant, um, and I am doing uh, cybersecurity sales for uh-huh. online justice. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'll just ask you straight out. Um, yeah. Do you hate it? Do you love it? Does it matter to you? I, I, I'm very bendable. I've always been, I've always been kind of flexible and you have to be when, yep. when, Great. you know, that's very important. And, uh, you know, you have to be flexible. Um, and, uh, you know, so far I, I love it. The, the, my, uh, my, my colleagues at work are amazing. They're the best, they're best people. They're, they're really fun to be with, fun to hang out with. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't mind. It's, it's, it's a good job. 
you know, I'm working hard. I'm trying to make my uh, trying to make my uh, my 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 what's my 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 quota, so to speak, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, my wife is managing, and the kids are going to school. Uh, they, they're in good schools. And uh, everything is sort of like, you know, settle, settling in more or less. Very nice. Okay, so that's really good. You haven't mentioned finances at all, so I'm going to just throw it out there because you sent me a very funny video showing yeah. two items from the grocery store. One was a kilo of schnitzel and one was a package, I don't know, the weight of kebabim. And you're yeah. just going crazy over the prices. Now, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were complaining about the prices being high or if you were so excited that the prices were what they are. Yeah, no, I was in shock that it was so cheap. I, 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 for me, to see these prices was, like, weird. Because the, the kilogram of that chicken was 30 shekels. In Montreal, it would be... Okay, so that's... Okay, so, like, in Montreal, that would be, like, 11, 11 Canadian dollars. Okay, in Montreal, the same bag would be eighteen Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. So you're At saying the, the the meat, the expensive stuff here, is actually cheaper than it was there. Yeah. The kosher stuff. Yeah, even hummus here. Uh, the other day, I went and picked up a big, big family hummus from the thirteen shekel, right? No, ten shekel, ten uh, and ninety agul. Right. So in Canadian, that's about four. Dollars that doesn't exist in Montreal for that size. Yeah, so you're looking at seven, eight dollars Canadian easily. Okay, so, so, right. so, so that's very, this is very interesting. We never ever talk about this on the show. There are people who think the food here is expensive. Um, no, you gotta know where to shop. Well, yeah, it was in it, shock. It, okay. Well, there are places you know, nothing I can argue that food here is expensive. I can argue that. You know, hummus should be tons cheaper. I think olive oil should be super cheap. I think olives should be super cheap, but they're not. They're not cheap. Maybe it depends where you come from. So you're coming from a place where kosher food is super expensive, and oh, yeah. here it's less. You know, it's very funny. I've been here for 15 years, um, maybe 17 years. So I see. I have seen the prices go up. I remember when I lived in Israel in the 90s, the early 90s. Cottage, a little thing of cottage cheese was like three shekel. Okay. Hmm. Three, I, right. And now, is it? It's six, five, six. It's doubled. But um, so, you know, meat is high shekels, here. Right? Pardon me. Five, five, six shekels. Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. Well, in Montreal, it will be five, six dollars. That's ridiculous. About, that is craziness. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll send. You I believe you. I believe you. I'll, I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm just saying, wow. I thought the food here was expensive, and people do say the food here is expensive. No, you're saying Canada's even worse. Uh, easily. No question. You're saying kosher food. Now, we have to remember, yeah. kosher food is more expensive abroad. It is. Yes. yes. That's the thing. But that is the difference because here it's all kosher, you know? Exactly. Right. That's that's the that, exactly. That's what I realized is that uh-huh. so obviously everything's going to be cheaper. Yeah. To feed so that's just very, it's very interesting to see where you're coming from. I was speaking to someone this morning who was telling me that South Africa is really falling apart. And that the rand, the 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 currency there is just so low. It's so devalued. It's seventeen uh, times uh, one rand is a dollar, or seventeen rands to a dollar. It's just awful. And so those people, those Jews in South Africa, who have very, um, they have a high standard of living there. A lot of them, they can't really afford to leave. And it was really horrible. And I I, I really felt sick to hear that. 
I my, felt yeah, for my, two ways, and and it sounds like they're stuck, or they're going to come here and be poor, or they're just going to come here and not live as well as they live now, and they're not coming. You know, they're not coming for those reasons, and I wonder if that's the same in other places too. What what did you want to say? Well, I have colleagues at work. They're from South Africa, and they ran here, and and. Um, and my boss, uh, he actually told me that more and more South African Jews are going to be running here as well. He sees it. Good. He's in touch with a lot of South African Jews over there. And he says, yeah, you know, they're all coming here in droves. It's so, okay. Good. So, I'm glad to hear it. Um, I'm no. glad to hear that. Um, but all Jews got to be here. All the Jews in the world have to come to Israel. They we really have to do. want it. You know? Yeah. We have to want it. Yeah. For sure. And uh, it's very sad. You know, there's this... Um, this man on Facebook who's constantly showing photos of South Florida and he's constantly putting down the Jews for living there and the, for building it up and for the Chabad, for investing there. And it's true. You know, they're, you say they're running here from South Africa because their country's falling apart. But if things are good for you, you're not, you're not running here. No, no, you're not. But that's a bit of an illusion. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't want to go into it, but I mean, the Jews of Germany were just as comfortable prior to Hitler. This is exactly more. where you need to get into it. I want to get into it. There ex this is the exact same thing. There's a parallel here. There's definitely oh. a parallel. Oh, look, is you know they 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 referred to um, Berlin as the as the New Jerusalem, and the concept of the Reformed Temple was so that the Third Temple in actual Jerusalem would never be rebuilt. Huh. So now, are we asking the same thing with 770, God forbid, of New York? Is New York like today's Jerusalem? Well, some people think, Boca, think you know, Yeah, people think so. Boca, right. I know. And then what happens now? Look at all the anti-Semitism now happening in the United States. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah. there's a less, you know, there's a parallel. You know, of course. So it's, they're too comfortable, okay. and they're, they're not leaving. They're, they've gotten their heels dug in there. And they keep giving money to their own communities and they're forgetting about Israel. And it's uh, they only come here for vacation or right. they send their kids here for the gap year. And it's, it's right. very, very upsetting. It's very upsetting um, when you right. when you talk to them with these people and you and you see the way they behave here and the, the the way they just come here and they just spend and they just treat it like Disney World. And then they get on the plane and leave and their kids are soft. You know, they they're, they're not. They're not Israeli. They're not going to be Israeli. They they also they follow the way of their parents, and it's very upsetting. And um, I, I don't really understand it. It's not like there isn't the internet. It's not like they don't see Israel. They they see Facebook. They see what goes on. They see the news. They have so many friends here and family. Why? What is holding them back? I don't understand it. Okay. It looks like we have to take another quick break. Um, and when we come back, we'll, we'll finish up. But you'll tell me what life is like in Haifa. Okay. So stick around. Yeah. yeah. Hello listeners, my name is Gila Perach Hirsch and I live in Israel and I love it here because in Israel I can feel the hand of God brushing my cheek. Hi, my name is Arnie. I'm from Jerusalem and I love Israel because it's my happy place. My name is Hannah. What Israel represents for me, freedom to be who I am, and all the other amazing things that small country had accomplished. It just makes me so proud. Thank you, Israel. Hi. My name is Morris Klein from Melbourne, Australia, and I love Israel because I'm Yisrael Chai. 
Hi, this is Michal from London originally, now Natanya. The reason I love Israel, I would probably say Israel, where every Jew feels at home. Hello, this is Harold from Jerusalem, Israel. I love living in Israel because my inside life and my outside life are one and the same, and they blend smoothly and uniformly with each other. Millions of people get cancer each year. Treatments can be complicated, and some people may be resistant to a particular treatment protocol. An Israeli company called Oncohost is working on understanding each patient's unique response to therapy. The technology scans proteins in a patient's plasma to identify patterns that decode the cancer resistance mechanisms in their body. These patterns are predictive of the patient's likeliness to benefit from a particular treatment approach. The test assigns a score as a measure of the predicted clinical benefit of a particular treatment and lists clinical treatment considerations. Utilizing bioinformatics and machine learning, the technology produces a report for each patient, helping to identify the treatment approach most likely to achieve the best possible outcome. For more information on the high-tech world today, visit IsraelTechTalk.com. With Ryan TR Tech Minute, I'm Bob Aiello. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're going to finish up our interview with Jason Lipstein, who is the uh, guest we have today, who, mo- who moved to Israel from Montreal, lives in Haifa. We're going to talk a little bit about Haifa, because I've only been there a handful of times um, with my you know, children's class trips or something. I don't know anyone who lives there. I just know it's a mixed city. Is that true? Is it a mixed Arab and Jewish city, Jason? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a mixed city. Uh, there's, uh, there's lots of everything here, I would say. Um, it's a cool, it's big, it's very big, and they've got the bus system, I have to tell you, is fantastic. Uh, you cannot get lost so easily. Like, it is really, really well, um, well made, so to speak. Okay, um, how, how is it when, you, you were saying earlier that you are so lucky that you're married yeah. to a woman who speaks Hebrew, you don't have to do all that stuff yourself. What's it like for someone who does not speak Hebrew? Is there English? Do you, do you see signs in English? Do you, do you, are you able to communicate with the bus drivers in English? Are there people who speak English there? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, my Hebrew is like basic to the point where I'm able to get around and talk to people and try to figure out what they say. You know, I, I, I pick up like piecemeal, you know, one word here, one word there, and I kind of get what they're saying. And if not, I'll tell them, Anglit, Anglit, you know, tell me in English, you know. But and, uh, what's really, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, what's really cool is that uh, when I'm uh, out next door ordering hummus uh, and they say to me, okay, what's your name? I tell them, I give them my Hebrew name, Yitzchak. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because okay. I'm home. It's like it's nice, you know. It's, yeah, to, to feel that sense of home. It is nice. That's a, one of the greatest parts about living in Israel. Wearing a kippa outside. I remember boys always do that, and using your Hebrew name. It's great. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What um, um, what kind of neighborhood do you live in? What's it like there? What's the housing situation like? Uh, we're up uh, at the top of the hill um, near the university. Um, it's, uh, we're in a, a nice little apartment. It's, it's, it's quaint. It's cool. Um, yeah, it was beautiful neighbors. I have a synagogue right next door. Uh, I got a cafe right next door. I got, uh, everything is basically around me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how'd you I find your, it. how'd you find your apartment? Did your, your wife help you with that? 
Oh, it was my my mother in law literally went scouting, and uh, she said to me that it was all Bashert somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. She said it was all Bashert how it all came into uh, play, and uh, yeah, she uh, she basically landed on it literally like across the street from them. So yeah, well, so, so you didn't have to, you you have this effortless Aliyah, and for our listeners, um, to everyone, pay attention if you're single and you think about maybe dreaming about maybe living in Israel one day. Just make it easy on yourself and marry an Israeli. There are a lot of them in America. There are a lot of them in Canada. They're all over Europe. Israelis travel. They're constantly on the plane. The first chance they get, they get out of here, a lot of them. Israel's a very small place. They, they like to seek out the world. Marry one of them. They'll come back, and there you go. You have an easy alia. Because <laughs> well, it is, you know, it's true, Right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm in some good Olin groups on like a WhatsApp. That's very very helpful. Um, it's very like very there's a lot of good Facebook groups. You know, there is support out there. You know, yeah, you don't um, need it though, Jason. I mean, come on, you don't need it. But um, tell me about your uh, children. How are they adjusting? What's it like there in Haifa for uh, a family from Canada? Uh, it's uh, it's cool. My 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 girls, they, I tell you, taking the bus for them in the morning is is very very different. <laughs> uh, you, you, every kid here has a cell phone. You put them on a bus, they go to school by themselves, and then they call you from school to make sure they got there okay. I mean that's the way it is. <laughs> it's like really weird. I'm not used to that. Uh, my my son, he um, <clears throat> he's he's managing in high school. He's got some new friends. Uh, they're here at the house now. And uh, yeah, he, he loves it. He's doing well. Do they go to religious schools? Do they go to um, schools that are like large? I mean, uh, you know, I don't no, I don't. no, I wouldn't say they're religious schools. They're they're public schools. But I mean, for us, compared to where we came from, my 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 kids were in public school uh, in Montreal. To be in a quote unquote public school here, they're still learning Hebrew. They're still learning Torah. They're still learning, um, you know. They're still involved in Israeli culture, you know, and and whatever they, whatever I want them to add, to, if I want them to get more, I'll, I'll you know I'll teach them like on Shabbat we'll do Torah stuff, you know. So I mean, so that's um, interesting. You they go to a public school in the city of Haifa, and it is a Torah, it's a religious high school. Well, there is there is some there is some Torah study that they do. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a yeshiva. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some, you know, some Jewish education, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're still learning the language. That's, that's a big thing. I mean, they could always down the road, you know, I'll, I'll put them in yeshiva down the road if I want to, you know, it's not like, and it makes it easier for them too. You know, I think the language. No, you, is, you is said something. Thing. I just want you to just pay, pay attention. You said, obviously they're learning some religious studies, but it isn't obvious. Um, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that in public school. They have Jewish religious studies, and I don't think our listeners know that either. I know in places like Beit Shemesh or in you know Jerusalem or Ephrat, where there are a lot of religious people, the schools there will be, however the population is. But Haifa is, like I said, it's a, and you said it's a mixed city. So do you right. have Arab students with the Jewish students? Uh, maybe there may look there. There might be. Like, I can tell you one thing: that for Hanukkah, they all came home with Hanukkiahs that they made in school. For Rosh Hashanah, they came home with pictures of of apples and honey, and they came home with honey. You know, so they have. There is like Jewish identity taught in schools. You know, um, how so big is the school? Uh, how many, do you know how many students are there? Oh, I would say maybe for the, my girls' school, uh, maybe two to four hundred. Oh, it's a small school. 
they're yeah. they're it's a small school it's an elementary school right yeah yeah ah, it's, they're uh, young. it's great they're, they're 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 good they love it they, they're really blending in well with the kids so well that's very nice it's funny because yeah. you don't seem and, and this is not an insult and this is not a criticism but it just doesn't seem like you know so much about the school and there are people they just investigate like crazy every aspect of the education that their kids are going to get you don't right. seem to be like that no they should i mean they should i just i, I mean i know what they're I know what they're necessarily not coming home with. Um, you know, I, I could see what they're learning with what they're bringing home. Um, so, I mean, whatever they're not necessarily picking up, I just I just homeschool them myself. I mean, remember, I'm a teacher. You know, so oh, you're me, a music teacher, though. So you're yeah. So I mean, but I have a background in teaching in general. So I mean, I just I just teach them extra stuff as well. So for well, me, it's not you're a, very lucky. You're very lucky that they seem to be well adjusted and doing well. Not everybody has an experience like that. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. You know, there are a lot of people today um, who have special needs kids. And it's really, I just find this so funny. Uh, when we were growing up, I don't know, you're 45, you told me. Okay, so I'm, we're not so far apart. I was born in 1970. Um, there were no categories of special needs and, you know, ADHD, none of that when I was a kid. I don't know if you had that in Canada. But here, oh, yeah, that's a, did you? Yeah. In Canada? Oh, that's a big thing. No, no, no. I know it is today. Right. But back when we were kids, was that a big thing? Uh, when we were kids? Oh, no. Not no, at all. Definitely. Right. There was like a special class for the dumb kids or the bad kids and everybody else, right? <laughs> like, yeah. The smart kids, yeah. the middle kids, and then the bad kids. But yeah, uh, I mean, today, you know, special needs is like this buzzword and everybody and their grandmother has a special needs kid. So a right. lot of these, you know, foreigners, these English speakers come really really particular um so that's what i'm saying you're really sound very uh unique in that you just kind of threw your kids into a school in haifa and they're doing okay i think that's great yeah yeah i'm happy they're yeah. happy well good you should appreciate that <laughs> just appreciate that I, I and i and i'm telling you it's it's not so common um you know, sometimes also it depends on the age and it depends on what kind of parents you are. Now you're an educator and maybe you have a very hands-off approach. I think it's great. It's very important. Let the kids yeah. learn, let them, you know, make mistakes, let them uh, fall down and get up. Right. Just, and we, we're all falling down here. <laughs> maybe you're not because you married an Israeli, but we're all falling down. Yeah. Well, um, tell me some more. Tell me, tell me what, what is uh, the culture like? What do you, do you have friends there aside from your wife? Do you, is there a group of of olim that live in Haifa? I I don't know if there is. I mean, I mean, English speaking olim. Yeah, uh, yeah, there is. I mean, uh, I haven't. We, we went to like the nefesh benefesh Thanksgiving dinner uh, oh. last month, which was really really nice. Okay. Um, we met a lot of people there. Uh, it was really cool. They're all talking English, which I wasn't used to. Right. <laughs> you know. But uh, it was cool. It was nice people to hang out with. And Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know there was a break. So if there's a Nefesh Benefesh Thanksgiving dinner, that means there is some activity there. Oh, yeah. Nefesh Benefesh does it, like different activities every month. Oh, that's Definitely. nice. 100%. You didn't say that. That's very good. That's, some yeah, people yeah, yeah. probably really, really depend on that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it's important, especially if you're somebody who's like a, a, like a lone student or something like that. Sure, you know? um, sure. There's definitely, there's definitely a support network in that sense. Uh, every month, there's there's some sort of uh, activity going on for uh, Olim or English-speaking individuals. Do you meet people there who work for Microsoft? I know Microsoft has its headquarters there. 
Uh, no, not as of yet. No, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. But uh, that's fine. Maybe one day. <laughs> All right. So I want you to uh, in this last few minutes. Oh, we. I, I'm being asked to translate olim. Olim, for those of you listening, are immigrants. Olim is the Hebrew word for immigrant. So when we say olim, we mean immigrants. Um, I'd like you to just tell us if some advice you can give our listeners for people contemplating Aliyah. Could you? Some something you know, give us leave us with some parting wisdom, Jason. Parting wisdom of of, of making Aliyah. Um, I just you just got to do it. You have to want it. You just you just come, just come, just come. Okay, just come. I, yeah, I've I've heard that before, and I've said that myself before. Um, good. Thank you. It's come. been great having you. It's come. been great listening to your story. Um, all the best. Much success here in Israel. And you sound like you've got it all figured out already. So I don't think you need any any luck from me, but you know, all the best with your bar mitzvah, your first big simchan in the land of Israel. It's very exciting, I'm sure, and yeah. um, you know, treasure it. You know, you came right in time. You came just at the right time. Yeah, we're totally looking forward to it. We're having a great time, and we want everyone here. So let's go. Yalla. Yeah, let's go. Yalla, everyone come. Yalla. Thank you, Jason. Great. Have a good week. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. So those of you uh, listening, if you have any questions about living in Haifa, please send me your questions on email to natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com. I will forward them on to Jason or even the Nefesh Benefesh representative in Haifa. It's true, we don't really have um, any guests from that area. I had a good friend who lived in Malot, and her husband worked for Microsoft. They, she left, and that was a kind of like a... Um, so I guess a bedroom community of Haifa. And there are a few of those, I'm sure, just like there are here in Beersheba, bedroom communities. Um, but Haifa is a beautiful city. I went there with my daughter's school trip and they have a cable car going over the main thoroughfare of the city. And you're along the water and there are these huge, huge hills. There are some botanical gardens there. Um, it's very, very pretty and it's very modern. And it's worth a day trip, actually. Um, it's, a, it's a place people should look out to, to move to. So keep it in mind. Thank you all for listening. That's the end of our show. I'll see you all next week. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas. 
now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Doris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 